This podcast is brought to you by DiStefano Hair Restoration. For the month of February, Dr. Highness is rolling back prices to pre-COVID fees. Save $1,500 this month when you mention Howie. Go to hairman.com. That's hairman.com. Strap yourself in. It's time for the Howie Car Show. President Biden does more in one hour than most people do in a day. Whoosh. I was hoping you might be able to give us a sense on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, as you make the case that the president has a lot of vigor. And- I don't have any um, anything yet for tomorrow, Wednesday, um, or, or Thursday. It's a shame. Very busy schedule. Live from the Matthews Brothers Studios. Experience is so important. So Joe Biden has vision. He has knowledge. He has a strategic thinker. This is a very sharp president. Whoosh. It's heartbreaking. Every innocent life in Gaza is a tragedy. Who do you love? Howie Carr. Uh, I'm wondering when the Chiefs are invited to the White House. Does the White House intend to also invite Taylor Swift? That's going to be up to the uh, to the Chiefs and. Uh... Oh my God! Who the hell cares? Rump swabs, hacks, and moon bats beware! It's. Howie Carr. Eight four four five hundred. 4242 There's always new stories about the Massachusetts State Police. Usually they involve uh, scandals. Uh, some of them were arrested last week, current and former state police, for uh, allegedly selling uh, CDLs, commercial driver's licenses. There was a hearing in, in district court in uh, Worcester about un. Uh, uh, Unauthorized uh, recordings made of uh, various uh, defendants. A, a judge, a state judge, is holding hearings on that. There's all kinds of problems, but there was one group of uh, honest, upright state police who got screwed over big time during uh, COVID under uh, former Governor Charlie Baker. And those were the cops who, uh, the state cops, the troopers who refused to get a a, a, a COVID vaccine. And uh, a group of them were summarily fired, and some of them some of them had uh, had had records. They were they had they were decorated combat veterans. One of them was a Sunday school teacher, and these the these people they lost everything, and they got some of them got dishonorable discharges, so they couldn't get other other jobs. And you have you have people stealing money out on the Massachusetts Turnpike embezzlers admitted. Convicted embezzlers never lost their pensions. It's just a, a terrible, uh, a, a terrible travesty of of justice and injustice. And so they're suing some of these uh, some of these state troopers. After three years, are still suing to get their jobs back. And we wanted to check in and see see how they're how they're coming along. This this case, uh, you know, uh, justice delayed is justice denied, and justice is oft denied, especially in the federal courts. But uh, with us now on the line to fill us in on what's been happening with the, this, uh, this long and winding uh, uh, road to justice for these uh, unjustly fired state troopers is Michael Yoder, and he is an attorney for, the, for a group of them, and uh, we're happy to have him on. It's taken a while to get him on, but we just want to check in and see what's going on. Michael Yoder, thanks for being with us here on the Howie Carr Show. Thanks for having me on. 
So, so what's this? Your how many how many troopers do you currently represent, Michael? Well, there's 32 that are currently involved in the litigation. Um, there's a group of about 35 overall, but there's you know procedural hurdles that have kind of staggered the group into a couple of different subsects. But overall, it's it's around 35 total. And, and these guys have all they they all lost their jobs in the uh, in, in the days after the uh, Baker administration ordered every state employee to get a uh, to get a jab. Correct. Yeah, and you know, unfortunately, they were the uh, collateral damage that suffered as a result of the uh, states and leadership within the states ignoring their you know constitutional rights and. Ironically, it couldn't have happened to a worse group of people, considering that the these are the people that are tasked with upholding the law and protecting everyone else. And um, despite doing so for some of them over 20 years, uh, they had their rights violated. And, you know, I took this case to ensure that they are reinstated and not further, you know, suffering as a result. Right. And as we all know, when when uh, individuals sue either the state or the federal government. They, uh, the state or the federal government has unlimited resources, basically, and they just try to drag their feet. And uh, I think in this case, they, they filed a motion to dismiss, did they not? Yeah, they did, and uh, it was unsuccessful. And, you know, one thing, I mean, you're absolutely right in them trying to drag their feet and having unlimited resources, but um, when the law's on your side and... Um, you know the case well and have the work ethic and the passion for this stuff, then, you know, they can't throw enough dollars into a machine that's going to make it go away because at the end of the day, I took this case to ensure that they're able to receive the justice that they deserve, and their motion to dismiss was unsuccessful. I actually believe it was the first case in the country where we were able to successfully sue a government entity for not only violating their religious rights under Title VII, but also... um, substantive and procedural due process saying, you know, not only did you discriminate, but you intentionally uh, railroaded them. It was a sham process and you never intended on actually granting these requests and you railroaded them. Right. I, I remember well. I think a lot of our listeners rem- remember well that they uh, they they got all these n- notices that they had to have a uh, a hearing, and it was like a kangaroo court hearing. And then, and then they decided uh, that uh, they would just say, "Well, yes, we've decided you do have a uh, religious uh, a religious belief, but we cannot make accommodations." And then that's what they did with all the state agencies. And, and we cannot make accommodations. And you're right; it was a uh, it was a predetermined process, was it not? It was. It, it would be the equivalent of think about a you know in a criminal case. Imagine if the jury had already filled out the verdict form before trial starts. And the, the due process hearing is, enti- is giving them an opportunity to ensure that they're not having their rights violated any further before they're terminated. And they have a right to their employment as a state employee. But uh, in this case, it appears that they chose policy and politics over the constitutional rights of the people who have spent their entire careers and risked their own lives to uphold the rights of others. And uh, it's, it's extremely unfortunate to see what some of these troopers have gone through and what carnage it's caused within their families. You know, we, there's, a, there's a new administration in power, and uh, the, the current governor 
was not involved in this railroading of state police. I mean, what, why wouldn't the why wouldn't she just want to just settle this thing? And I mean, this is this this really is an injustice. There's no question about it. Yeah, and I mean, I don't I can't necessarily speak to whether she does or does not want to settle this case. Um, what I can say is that we we had uh, we we are in the midst of negotiations, and we have an upcoming. Uh, settlement conference. We were planning on doing that in February, but due to the layers of administrative review and just the tight timeline, we had to push it back about a month. But we will be um, hopefully resolving this case without giving rise to any further litigation. And I, I do think that the current administration, despite whatever quarrels there may be with certain policies they have, I think they do have a big interest in wanting to resolve this because uh, from a political standpoint, the, the current governor is the one that repealed the executive order that underlied this mandate. Right. So it would be very antithetical to repeal something and then not want to you know rectify the wrongs that were caused as a result of the very order that you repealed i mean that would be nonsensical and unfortunately uh it's it's the massachusetts taxpayers that are you know subjected to where their dollars are being spent but you know this is a prime example of why people need to start voting for the right people to be in office and this is you know another result that happens due to that yeah and you know the the arbitrator last year was uh sent six of these people out of technicality uh back to the jobs and and the governor and her administration did not appeal or anything like that so i it seems like she wants to get this thing settled so i i know you can't speak to the specifics but i mean are they going to be made whole as they say with uh you know getting back pay or anything like that can you say can you speak to that I, I can say that we have sued for uh, damages, including not just back pay, but also ensuring that any future front pay, any sort of promotional pay, any sort of uh, economic damages that flow from either needing to relocate, other things that are not even wage-related, as well as also non-economic damages, which obviously you can't compensate someone by giving them you know peace of mind back, but you can compensate them in the form of money. So we also... Um, allege that they're entitled to non-economic damages as well for the mental anguish and, and just the stress and the grief that these these men and women have gone through. Um, you know, no amount of money can repair what they've gone through, but mm-hmm. it can at least be it, it's the best means by which we can you know right a wrong. And, and my goal is to do everything in my power to make sure that they are made whole. So my, my understanding is that some of these uh, 32 to 35 uh, state troopers that, are, that were, uh, you know, uh, improperly, unjustly fired, some of them aren't interested in coming back. They're just so disgusted with the whole process or they've moved on. How, what percentage of them do you think don't want to go back on the job? I can't say that. I mean, I know that, you know, it, it's not necessarily a matter of wanting to return. Um, every trooper would love to have their jobs back. The problem is, is that this has been, you know, we're going on over two years now where people right. have bills to pay, they have lives to live, and they need to move on in the sense of securing whatever is in the best interest of them and their families. And people don't just have the ability to wait around to have something returned to them that they should never should have been stripped of in the first place. So, you know, whether they, they you know, in an ideal world, if, if every single trooper wants to go back. Um, and if I can get every single trooper their offer of employment given to them, then, you know, the decision they make from there is up to them. But ultimately, uh, at the end of the day, you know, people have to move on with their lives. The clock doesn't stop just because the government continues to work. Yeah. It's just such an injustice when you consider the people that that ha- haven't been punished. 
that work for the state police that that actually committed crimes and they 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 suffered next to no penalties for what they did and these guys these guys again as you you know better than me Michael some of these guys were were heroes they they saved people's lives out on the highways they were in combat they they were good solid they are good solid citizens and they're and they're punished for for no reason absolutely i mean i can say with unequivocal certainty that you know out of the hundreds and hundreds of people that i've rep- represented this group has been absolutely the most uh caring, appreciative, respectful group of men and women, even though they've gone through absolute hell. They are some of the most outstanding people that I've ever had the pleasure of working with, and I think that they deserve the absolute world. I mean, the state itself is just blessed to have law enforcement officers like this, and the fact that the government is willing to oftentimes throw as much money of taxpayer dollars towards fighting it as opposed to resolving it is is a problem in and of itself that hasn't seemed to be the case so far and i i actually do commend the you know the attorney that's working for the state on this and trying to resolve it i i think that we have a good relationship but you know at the end of the day it you know goes back to the core of the government doing what's in its own best interests and the fact that they have those unlimited resources oftentimes does create a big problem but fortunately it doesn't seem in this case uh as though that those resources are going to be outcome determinative well, this uh, I appreciate you coming on the show, Michael Yoder, uh, the attorney for the uh, state, the fired state troopers back during the COVID uh, panic, and uh, th- this is better news than I anticipated getting. Actually, it sounds like uh, you're going to get some kind of resolution. And I know, again, I know the wheels of justice grind slowly, so probably not overnight or anything. I'm not going to hold the front page of the paper tomorrow, but uh, it sounds like you're going to get a positive result sooner or later. And uh, I appreciate you being with us. And uh, we, is there any place people can read more about this case if they're interested? Yeah, actually. And, uh, you know, I have some other, you know, positive news for you. And, you know, as we were mentioning, just talking about the way that the government has those unlimited resources, what, you know, oftentimes happens is people don't have the resources to have counsel or have access to educational materials. So I actually just recently launched a nonprofit called Citizen AG that I'm going to be using to both push educational resources and provide uh, either no-cost or low-cost litigation when representation for people who have their rights violated. So that's something that we're getting up and running, and uh, that can be found at citizenag.org. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to build it out where people have access to competent representation that's not afraid to go against the government and access to educational materials so they actually know their rights and how to exercise them. And at the end of the day, that's what we need, because if people aren't pushing back in the courts, um, you know, we're just subject to the government doing whatever they want. So right. citizen AG. Wearing you out. You know, that's where you can't fight city hall. The old saying it's, and it's true to a degree and, or the state house or the feds. But anyway, Michael Yoder, citizen org. If you want to go more and please keep us informed about, uh, when this case is finally, uh, resolved, hopefully, uh, with a, uh, favorable solution for the, uh, state troopers. Thank you, Michael Yoder. I'm Howie Carr. Adding your two cents is easier than ever. Call Howie at 844-500-4242 or text the word Howie followed by your message to 617-213-1066. Howie Carr is back. 
844-500-4242. Today's poll question is brought to you by Perfect Smiles. Don't be fooled by imposters with similar names. If you're unhappy with your smile, you need to visit Dr. Bruce Houghton in Nashua. Call 1-844-A-PERFECT-SMILE or visit perfectsmiles.com. Taylor, what is the poll question? What are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at howiecarshow.com, is what's the better defense for Biden in the wake of the special counsel's report? I'm not senile, so I'm guilty, just like Trump, or I'm not guilty because I'm senile and thus not of sound mind. I'm not guilty because I'm senile, non-compass mentis. 69% say I'm not guilty because I'm senile. <laughs> 844, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad it goes in my direction sometimes when I explain it and people have a chance to uh, think about it. Eight, four, so you just have to think, what would you rather be, guilty or not guilty? You, you know the answer to that question, obviously, right? 844-500-4242, 844-500-4242. By the way, uh, we've got uh, more illegal alien stories for you coming up, and we have a new T-shirt out, Cheaper to Deport Than Support. It's a nice T-shirt. Go to howiecarshow.com. Click on store and check it out. It's, uh, it's You could pre-order it right now. It'll be available in about a week to 10 days. Cheaper to deport than support, and the S is a, uh, is a dollar sign and an exclamation point. And we also still have a few gift certificates to Maria's Ristorante in uh, Portland, Maine, the uh, oldest and the best Italian restaurant in the, uh, in the city of Portland. It's a, it's a great deal, so c- come on down. C- go on to, over to uh, the website, howwecarshow.com, and uh, click on store and uh, get your T-shirt and your, uh, your, your gift certificates. And we, got, well, we also got a lot of other gift certificates, and, and we have the books and other T-shirts. So just check out the store, howwecarshow.com. Click on store. All right, when we come back, we have the, uh, the, the new documents from uh, Hunter Biden's uh, laptop. And he's, uh, have, you, have you read these, uh, the, what he says, uh, Taylor? It sounds like it's a combination of uh, modern uh, Bob Dylan and Steely Dan if they, if they were on crack and had no talent. You know, there is a slight— well, Bob Dylan was on crack and has no talent. Well, that's what you say. You, you, uh, you're a, uh, a, a minority— He's the, he's the one guy who got the Nobel Prize for poetry that I agreed with. He's the one guy who got the Nobel Prize for poetry that I ever heard of. We'll be right back with Hunter's Poetry on Howie Carr. From the Matthews Brothers Studios. 844-500-4242. So, there's a couple other uh, state police stories here today to, to get to, just to, just to mention. Uh, one of them, uh, you know, they, they arrested these guys last, uh, last week, these state cops. And uh, so the, the drivers who got the phony CDLs all had their licenses taken away from them instantaneously as, as well they should have. So one of the guys that had his license taken away from him is now suing 
the Registry of Motor Vehicles to get his now suspended license back. And uh, his name is uh, Ruben LaRouche, or LaRoche, of uh, Attleboro. And uh, he went to a friend of his, Cornelius Rivers, who went to uh, the now-retired trooper Calvin Butner. And they allegedly got that. That's how they got the license. And this guy says he never knew what, what happened. He just, he, but, I, you know, and I, again, I kind of have a little sympathy for him until, until I get to, uh, until I read his complaint or the stories about his complaint. LaRoche's complaint and his attorney said LaRoche, who was black, approached Rivers because he worried the state police trooper giving the road exam wouldn't treat him fairly because of his race. So he throws in the race card. He gets caught red-handed getting a, getting a fake CDL, and he says he did it because of racism. This guy, this guy Butner, who, who allegedly got it for him, he's the, he's, uh, he's the black guy, in the, he's the black state trooper out of the four of them, and he's the one you may have seen that wasn't dressed like a slob last week and the reason he wasn't dressed like a slob is he wasn't uh, dragged out of his house in the morning they got him he was going on to a uh, a cruise a family uh, a, uh, a sea cruise with his family in Miami getting on uh, you know a carnival boat or something like that and uh, they pulled him off the boat so he had time to to get his uh, to get dressed up uh, properly I would say but anyway I, I you know I, I have sympathy for the guy, but why does he have to play the race card? Why do you all? Why do they? Why do so many of these these people of color, so called, play the race card here? I mean, he got he he says he didn't know it. He just asked for a little bit of help from this guy, and uh, the guy the guy just said he he was owed a favor, so he handed him the completed CDL. So that's uh, that's one story about the uh, registry, and then there's another story in the. Uh, in the uh, the the uh, Worcester Telegram, and that's uh, that's a really interesting story. Uh, Judge grills Massachusetts state troopers over illegal undisclosed audio recordings. More than sixty Massachusetts state troopers made covert investigative recordings. That's a quote in recent years that were never turned over to prosecutors, and in many cases violated the state's wiretapping laws. Documents obtained by the Worcester Telegram show. The recordings, which mostly appear to have been made during drug investigations, were made to about 250 criminal cases, the documents show, including cases brought by local, state, and federal prosecutors. The uh, judge, Christopher Loconti, he's in the district court judge, that were he even here, frankly, is shocking to me. Do you know why I'm interested in this story? Taylor, do you, I, I said there was a federal case. Would you care to guess who one of the people, uh, one of the cases, uh, one of the illegal recordings was made of? Who could that be? Vincent Fats Caruso, the boss of Yo Pesci. I was like, yes! Yes! He was sentenced to more than, not Yo Pesci. Yo Pesci's doing about seven or eight years. But Vincent Fats Caruso was sentenced to more than 20 years in federal prison. He was described as a Crip-associated leader of a violent fentanyl pill trafficking organization. Stick a fork in that because it's done with. Mm. 
Federal law is less stringent than Massachusetts law on secret recordings. It only requires one party's consent to do the recording, so it was not immediately clear whether any federal case could be impacted. I assume, though, Fats Caruso is following this case avidly. And I dare say, I dare say Yo Pesci is as well. And uh, Yo Pesci show, Yo Pesci radio. Yo Pesci back out on the street. Yo Pesci. Recording contract. Yo Pesci. Netflix. This time I'm the boss. Fats Caruso getting my birthday cake. Instead of ice cream. Bye bye. Bye bye. 844-500-4242. Can you imagine that though? That that Fats Caruso, I don't, I don't think he could be, but he's got a, a thread, a, a for a potential appeal, illegal recordings by the Massachusetts State Police. Eight four four five hundred forty two forty two. People are talking about the uh, the illegal aliens, the uh, the uh, Haitians, and I, as I predicted, the they said they were from Chile, but they were actually Haitians. They'd been working in Chile, but they decided to come up here and retire. So, uh, so some, uh, so some uh, lovely uh, virtue signaling moon bats from uh, Brookline decided to take them in, and uh, and this this is just how Brookline is it. So this is a uh, th- this is the w- the woman Lisa Hillebrand talking about what it's like to uh, to have the uh, illegal aliens from Haiti living with them now. You get. You're not going to believe this if you haven't heard it. Cut one. It's a delight. And it's really fun having them. What I realized is there's so much prejudice against refugees, mostly because people don't know them. Lisa says she feels like she has her own personal chef, as Wildande loves cooking. Te gusta la ocupación? Sí. In fact, her goal is to open up her own restaurant. It's like having your own personal chef. How Brookline is it? I repeat. Could it be any? Could it possibly be any more People's Republic of Brookline than that? Why don't they? Why doesn't Brookline just? You know, it's you know, it's practically surrounded by the city of Boston. Why don't you know they? They're they're so committed to social justice, and hate has no home here. You would think that they would demand to secede from Norfolk County and join in Suffolk County so they could all celebrate diversity together. And everyone in Brookline, especially South Brookline, where they all live in those mansions around the country club, could have their own personal chef. Their own personal chef. Cut to. They are hardworking. They want to learn. They want to be successful. And I feel great helping, and I get to understand the refugee crisis from the inside. What are they, what are they refugees from other than, other than work? Asking for a friend. 844 how bad is the ref, is the uh, invasion, the illegal alien invasion? This is a story from NBC News, state-run media. Mexican cartels have flooded Mexico, excuse, Montana, excuse me, 
I'm sorry, I corrected myself, unlike Joe Biden. Mexican cartels have flooded Montana with fentanyl and meth by setting up operations on Indian reservations where law enforcement is scarce, according to a report. This is NBC News. Has Elizabeth Warren, the fake Indian, been reached for comment? How about Buffy St. Marie, another fake Indian? They know who to choose. Stephanie Ironshooter, the American Indian Health Center for the Montana Department of Health and Human Services, told NBC News. The drug pushers have found that uh, the notoriously deadly fentanyl goes nearly for nearly 20 times the price in remote Big Sky country. They will initially target Native Americans by giving away the uh, first supply of drugs, standard standard uh, drug dealer procedure, according to my youth and probably your youth, too, transforming them into addicts. Another layer of difficulty for uh, cops is when uh, the trafficking takes place on Native American land where state and local officials are barred from arresting tribal members and tribal forces, which are underfunded and short-staffed, are largely prohibited from arresting outsiders on the reservation. The drug crisis has fallen heavily on Native American communities, which account for less than 7% of Montana's population. However, the overdose death rate among Native Americans was more than twice that of white Montanans. Right now, it's as if fentanyl is raining on our reservation, said, uh, said, someone, said one of the Blackfeet uh, Indian tribe members who's in the uh, Montana House of Representatives. The Northern Cheyenne tribe have found, has formed its own vigilante group, the People's Camp, to fight back against the surge in violent crime among the illegal aliens. I, I thought I thought Joe Biden was concerned about uh, Native Americans, didn't? It, doesn't he go down? Doesn't he? Hasn't he declared uh, parts of the uh, of of the West monuments, and they want to tear down dams? And uh, to to preserve uh, Indian burial grounds, et cetera, et cetera. But he, he he's he's willing to virtue signal that way, like like that couple in Brookline. But they're not willing to actually do something about the problem of drug abuse by stopping the flow of fentanyl and stopping the flow of illegal drug dealing gangbangers, not to mention terrorists. Monique, you're next with Howie Carr. Go ahead, Monique wanted to touch on that state trooper, Massachusetts state troopers story. Well, former state yes. troopers, I guess. I mean, at some point, we need to end sovereign immunity. These troopers were not, you know, forced to quit for any public good. It was not, you know, there was no public health reason that they should be, they should lose their job. I mean, it's similar in Rhode Island. They, the officials were acting for something other than the public good or, or public health. They they were forced like, to they, Monique they were forced to uh, to they were fired because of religious reasons and the and the religion was the the COVID cult that's what it amounts to they, they'll never admit that but that's what it was right well that, that's right but yeah yeah that's right but I mean if there's a settlement there and we also have we have cases at least one case in Rhode Island it's going to be taxpayers who pay for this for this and it's that's just wrong. The officials should not be shielding any longer behind sovereign immunity. They should be forced to pay. They should be sued personally and forced to pay personally, not be paid out of tax coffers. 
I would have no problem with that. I mean, Charlie Baker did this. You know, his his administration did this, and his and his minions in the state police. Now, Char- Charlie Baker is making three point five million dollars as head of the NCAA, and the uh, and the state troopers, uh, some of whom had rather checkered past, shall we say, are now retired with pensions of uh, up to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and one of them has a part time job working for the Plymouth District Attorney for another hundred thousand on top of his pension. So, you know, they, they, these are the guys who fired decent, hardworking hero troopers, and these guys have been destitute for two or three years, have suffered all kinds of uh, family domestic hardships because of this, and these guys that fired them just because they were taking orders from a deranged governor named Charlie Parker are making some, one of them is making a quarter of a million dollars a year, a quarter of a million dollars a year. It's just not, you're right, Monique. Thanks for reminding me of that. 844-500-4242. We'll be right back. I'm Howie Carr. The Howie Carr Show. The Howie Carr Show is back. 844-500-4242. Justin from Boyle's Body Works said, I've said it before and I'll say it again about illegal immigration. It's just half slavery. She's got her own personal chef now. What could be better? It's it's like a a new version of Radical Chic by uh, Tom Wolfe. He said, when you have the Black Panthers over to your uh, upper east side penthouse, you can't have black servants. You got to find some white servants to serve the crudités and the canopies and the hors d'oeuvres How, where does where does one get a black servant a white servant in new york city that was even that was a, the question he asked in 1970 it's more more appropriate now than ever south americans that was tom wolf's answer probably now 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 you get a haitian as your as your as your chef and you say this is my this is a refugee I took in a refugee. Get to work. Get back into the kitchen. What? You, what's your name? Donde Wild or Wild Donde? Tom, you're next with Howie Carr. Go ahead, Tom. Hey, Howie. Yes. I want to share you share a, an anecdote. My first wife, whom I met in 1983. This is going back to probably January or. February of 89 we're at the stop and shop on uh, Interstate 90 I believe in Newton I'm in the orange juice section she's in the uh, milk section of a stop and shop and this very wealthy looking woman in her mid 30s I would say with a black fur coat on I don't know if it was real or not approached her and my wife at the time Maggie said why would you ask that to me well you didn't tell me what she asked what did she ask do you know of any domestic help (laughs) now my 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 Haitian wife a very pretty woman 
dark brown complexion, was not wearing her Harriet Tubman outfit at the time. So here's where it gets better. Here's where it gets better. I said to her, I go, Maggie, is everything okay? The woman who was white, very affluent looking, looked at me and realized, oh, these two are a couple. Out in the Stop and Shop parking lot, we see this woman in a black Mercedes. I don't know what model it was, but it was very expensive looking. Had a of course it was. Dukakis Benson uh, sticker on it, okay? And that is a prime example of limousine liberals. And it doesn't surprise me that somebody from Brookline or wherever in an, a white affluent community you know, we need to take in these migrants to help them out. And next thing you know, Julio or or Jock or whoever his first name is, is out either trimming the hedges or mowing the lawn, and, and the wife is taking care of well, their children. Well, it Tom, it was, a, it was a lucky break for Don Bay Wild that there, was, there wasn't any much snow today right or she would you're right she would be outside shoveling what's a, no doubt a very lengthy driveway okay so remember zoe baird uh in the Clint, first clinton administration where she hired illegal immigrants right and yeah she didn't get the job she didn't get the general. job as attorney general or something like that right yeah all right tom thank <laughs> times have changed wasn't there a guy who lost the Supreme Court nomination because he smoked pot with his students? That would that would not be a disqualifier now. It might be a resume enhancer. I think his name was Ginsburg. I'm Howie Garth.